Yeah. Welcome back to Rampin' with Dave, the inaugural episode about ramps with Dave. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and now joining us is Murphy. Murphy, we're keeping this anonymous, of course, to protect our sources and uh, avoid humiliation for ramp and ramp-related disasters. Uh, but welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Murph, we wanted to, uh, obviously the audience wants to hear as much as they can about ramping with Dave, uh, hidden great ramp jumps, and all sorts of other BMX-related issues, and we will get to that momentarily. But before we do, we wanted to talk to you about a little segment that we like to call Murphy or Cro-Mag. Have you ever been hit in the head with a javelin? I I have. Can you describe a little bit how that, that happened? By the way, Dave. Yes. Just wanted to make sure the listeners who are here for your ramp-related stories know you're definitely still here, you definitely have the stories, and you are still here. Sure. But before we get to that, back to Cro-Mag or Murphy, let's get back to the javelin story. So this was when I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore or junior, and I was on our high school track team, and uh, we uh, had a throwing squad or a team. There was about a, throw, a throwing squad. Yeah, so uh-huh. they would separate you out by. The nickname distance. was the Jack Squad. <laughs> no, we didn't have a nickname. But uh, what did you run? I didn't run, so that's why I was on the throwing squad. Oh, I see. What did you throw? So I did javelin and discus, and every now and then. But not at the same time. No, not definitely not at the same time. Never at the same time. Um, so we would practice separately, and we would go about our thing while the rest of the track meet was going on. And in my high school, where we would throw javelin was on the infield of the um, track, which was also the football field. And the shed where we would keep the javelins and the other, um, the other stuff, like the, uh, the, the discus and the shot puts, was at the opposite end of where we would throw the javelins. So what we would do is we'd take the javelins out, and as we were walking down, essentially... What How many be, javelins did you have? Oh, a lot. I don't know how many we had because each the girls' javelins were obviously different weight. They're obviously, there there are about five or six of them, and then there's probably five or six for the guys. How heavy are these things? I can't remember the weight's regulated, but they're not that heavy. Yeah, how um, long are those? They're probably about five, six foot. I don't think six foot, but five. They're about as tall as you were at that time, which probably was six. Well, you didn't know me then. Yeah, right, me. Um, so about six feet. Um, and you're always supposed to carry them a certain way and treat them a certain way. But on the way down, on the Kiss side. Kiss them, hug them, buy make, them lobster dinners. <laughs> make sure you basically didn't impale anybody. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. So and but, but turns out that that rule was nearly broken on this day, this fateful day. Right. I don't think it was intentional, but yes, it was. So on the way down. Did, did the, you say you didn't think it was what? It wasn't intentional. You, did you say intentional? No, I think I said intentional. Dave, want to weigh in here? He said intentional, I think. Okay. So on the way down the sidelines, we would take little warm-up throws just to get basically the feel for the javelin, get warmed up. Just in case it changed. So, well, you'd use different ones depending on how you felt the weight was, how you felt the grip was on it. Um, and then well, I mean, it was you were always using your school's javelin, right? Yeah, but we had different ones that you'd use. There was a green one, a yellow one, <laughs> multicolored one. And, and what was the difference? I, mainly the grip. The grip, yeah. Like, did is it like like a a tennis racket has a grip? Yeah. So in the middle of the javelin, it's essentially um, wrapped in. I don't know if you would call it string or twine, but it's wrapped multiple times, or sometimes it's foam. And there's different type of grips that you use with a javelin. Now, I just want to make sure our rampant with Dave listeners are aware. Even though this is an audio only recording, 
Murphy is gesturing with his right hand. Can you describe the gesture for for the members uh, of the Rampin' with Dave uh, fandom listening at home? Sure, sure. So I think when I was in high school, there was two main grips. You, The one, I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically making the okay sign. Uh-huh. Um, you... you did you finger and index finger or pointer finger and uh, thumb together? Uh-huh. The rest of the fingers would rest on the javelin. Yeah. So essentially, which now which hand do you use to cup the balls? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, a special guest appearance by Matt. Matt, welcome to Rampin' with Dave, featuring Dave. I'm really glad. To, I'm really glad to be here. I saw Billy making the. But uh, we're only going by one name, and we're going by Murphy for him for for anonymity. Okay. So I, don't call him Bill, Billy. Call him by his last name, Murphy. Uh, I, did. I saw him saying? making what I believe may be the asshole symbol from the window, so I felt like I had to stop by and see what was going on. In fact, it was not asshole related. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert for the children, uh, don't listen to the swears. In fact, it was the javelin holding symbol. Uh, I think oh, first coin is this, the okay symbol. Is he telling us about the time that he had a backpack full of Tupperware? Or some. Don't <laughs> don't spoil anything. Obviously, speaking of spoiling, we will be getting to the ramps very shortly. I know those of you who tuned into this as a hobby slash ramp related podcast are on tenter hooks because you want to hear us talk about ramps and sweet ramps and jumps off ramps as well as vague and general ramp related discussions. And we promise we will get to that. But in the meantime, we're talking about the different grips that differentiated the green and yellow and rainbow-colored javelins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, don't let me interrupt. Please continue. It's too late. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't let you interrupt. First of all, we let you interrupt, and then you interrupted. Well, you mean proceed. Here, all right. So, Murph, go ahead. You're, now, you're showing the listeners what it looked like. <laughs> it's, again, uh, <coughs> like I said, uh, index finger to the thumb. So, essentially... The javelin obviously is round and it's smooth. Well, it's, but it's it's actually more <laughs> like, a like a pointy flat stick, either like a circle, right? Correct. Okay. A circle. Thanks, Dave. Yes. So essentially, what you would be doing is your hand would be gripping the back of the grip. You wouldn't be holding it tight with a fist. You'd essentially have so it could actually slide easier out of your hand. So that was the one grip. The other grip was basically a peace sign. You would split the grip in the back, one finger on each side. Again, were you minimal. a grip splitter? Yes. You were? Yes, I was. Wow. Yes. Um, minimal contact with the grip because, again, when you're throwing it, you just want it to slide right out. Yeah. <laughs> now, what? Are, how are you holding the javelin with your left hand? You don't hold your javelin with your left hand. It's, you're a one-handed thrower of yes. javelins. You, All right. No one throws with two and hands. And did you throw over the head with both hands or, or to the side? Just one hand again. Which... And it, you were right-handed. Yes. And the left hand would be at the back of the javelin. No. Well, where did the left hand go on the javelin? You, you would never hold it. You wouldn't use it. Even with hand. the grip split? No. Well, what, do you would put it in your pocket? So essentially what you do for the viewers at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please tell us more about what the viewers at home will be able to see when they hey, listen hold, to this. Don't interrupt. Hold on. So, so Wait, so, Dave is the judge. Dave... Uh, did you have a ruling on the interruption? Uh, that we need to let Bill- Billy finish it. I'm sorry, Murphy finish his story. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Mr. Murphy. So essentially, you would you'd, uh, bend your wrist back so that the grip would be behind or in front of your two fingers, but the grip would be resting on your palm. The grip of the javelin. The grip of the javelin, uh-huh. exactly. So that when you would pull your arm back behind you, you'd extend your arm completely behind you, the uh-huh. javelin would almost be at a 90-degree angle to your body. To your head, yeah. So um, you'd be resting it on your shoulder almost next to your neck. 
And then when you're ready, obviously, for the run-up and the throw, you'd pull it out a bit, and then, then you go in yeah. the throwing motion. Not, you wouldn't want to pull it all the way out, but just enough. Just the tip. Right. Now, when you were doing this, what kind of clothes yeah, are you yeah. wearing? Or track uniforms. Which are what? At the time, maroon. Well, no, uh, now. <laughs> what, what is your current track uniform? Let, let's do this. Compare and contrast <laughs> what you wear at track now as a man with what you wore at track when you were a junior or sophomore in high school. So, don't wear track suits or uniforms anymore. Well, what do you wear when you throw the javelin these days? Just I, uh, I haven't thrown javelin in, in years. In years? years? Well, how do you keep your your javelin skills sharp? Uh, uh-huh. All right, go ahead. So, what did you wear then? Uh, maroon, it was a tank top, and then maroon shorts. All right, jogging shorts. Yes. And you would, And these jogging shorts had some sort of pocket for your left hand? No. Well, where was your left hand the whole time? Left hand was loose. Loose? Loose. In, meaning it was in the line of javelin fire? No. Well, weren't you worried that you would accidentally throw the javelin and hit yourself in the hand? No. Why not? Because your Because it, sh- it was on the shaft of the javelin already. Your javelin's on your right side, your hand's on your left side. Okay. Were you pretty consistent in getting the javelin to fly away from your body? Yes. But people that don't know how to throw javelin or throw too hard or throw for the first time end up hitting the back of their neck with the tail of the javelin. With the tail of the what now? The javelin. Uh Did you say jagelin? I might have. All right. Did you ever throw anyone named Jacqueline? No, never. Have you ever given a throw to anyone named Jacqueline? No. There was a jacqueline on our track team. Anyone named Jacqueline? Now, visitors to uh, the podcast will know that Murphy does have a history as as quite a quite or kite, I don't know what he does when it's windy out, uh, but as quite a man of leisure, that is to say, uh, a bit of a coxman. Uh, and we will certainly get to those, as well as ramping-related stories uh, very shortly. But before we do, when you're talking about the mistakes neophyte javelin huckers made, yes, how would they manage to hit themselves in the back of the head with a javelin? Throwing a javelin like a baseball. So when you're throwing a baseball, your hand tends to twist a bit. When you're throwing javelin, it's got to stay in the exact same position throughout. Otherwise, the javelin will move left or right. Uh-huh. The tail of the javelin. The whole javelin will rotate, essentially, in your hand. What if you throw it like a knuckleball baseball and you don't twist your hand? Then that's I guess, would be the proper way of throwing it. You guess. Yes. Now, how long did you do javelining? I don't know how to throw a knuckleball. That's why I say I guess. Okay. Well, how long did you do javelining? Four years. All right. And were you varsity javelin man? There was no junior varsity or varsity. How many javelin men were there on the team? At one time, I guess about No, five. successively. No, each year. we Obviously, would some seniors would graduate or would uh-huh. lose people or gain people. About five. What's the proper term for uh, an individual who throws a javelin? Matt, there's no way the microphone is picking you up, you moron. <laughs> is it that far away? Oh, I didn't see it. What's the proper term for a person who throws a javelin? We called ourselves jav throwers. <laughs> jav? Yeah, what, again, what would no, you the say? question was, what's the proper term? What, what's the opposite of a jab thrower? Jab receiver. <laughs> oh, who, Dave, will to, you accept that? Who's there to catch a javelin? There's no such thing as a jab receiver. Wait, wait, before there? we move on, obviously the opposite of a jab thrower is a vag thrower. <laughs> True. But Dave's question does bring up uh, an interesting potential answer. Is there supposed to be someone who catches javelin? Nope. Because it's like a spear. Correct. In, in in so far as it's a straight object, it used to be used for hunting. Did, have you ever hunted with a javelin? Never. What did you hunt with? Never. You've never gone hunting. I've been, but I've never actually hunted. I've watched others hunt. So you would just. So to be clear, 
you would just wander around in the woods while other people shot guns at animals. Not wander. Follow. Did you ever... You never held the guns. No, not when I was hunting with my cousins. But I, I thought you <laughs> were hunting. <laughs> you never hunted. Also, I like, I like the specificity of not when I hunted with my cousins. Thank you, Mr. Simpson. I don't remember where we were at. Is there such thing as a javelin receiver? Is there somebody no. there who's supposed to receive the javelins from the air? Well, Why? no. Let's say this. You take this, the javelin from the snap at the center, and you take a short five-step jav drop. What kind of patterns are the javelin receivers running? I don't even know how to answer that because that's just not how it works. Well, they don't run patterns. <laughs> There's no jab Does everybody receiver. go deep? There's no jab receiver. Well, who catches Am I going to finish the story? It's hard to say. <laughs> Friends of Ramping with Dave, as you now know, it is a pledge drive Ramping with Dave episode on the first ever Ramping with Dave podcast featuring Murphy, Matt, Dave, and me, Chris. We can expect lots of great ramp and ramp-related discussions in future episodes but we rely on your support to host Ramping with Dave. Please pledge as much as you feel your family can take. And speaking of your family taking, how much javelin were people able to take back in the days when you were throwing the jav? None. So, so explain. You're not supposed to get hit by a javelin. And what's the reason you think you shouldn't be hit by a javelin? Yeah, because you'll get hurt. And how do you know this? I got hurt. Let's talk about that. So jumping forward, as I was saying, you'd walk down the sideline. Where are we jumping sh- forward from? From general javelin discussion <laughs> to specific javelin discussion. We went, <laughs> you'd take these little ch- throws on the side. There was an area. <laughs> and was, how many little throws on the side would you say you've had since your wedding? <laughs> there was an area at the opposite end of the Let's field. Let the record reflect no answer. <laughs> There's an area at the opposite end of the field, which would essentially be opposite the corner, from what? Where the shed, the tool, the uh, equipment shed was. Uh huh. Which would have essentially was this a home meet or was this a rehearsal? Home. Uh-huh. It was uh, a meet. Yes. Okay. Proper term. Yeah. Um, which would essentially been the corner. M E E T. Not M E A T. It turns out, in fact, that on this day you were the home meet. M E A T. Um, where you would put your bag down so you could change cleats or do whatever you needed to do to prepare. Um, what kind of cleats did you wear for jab throwing? For the first year, I bought cleats, uh-huh. and I realized it was just ridiculous, so I just used my soccer cleats from there on out. All right. What would you do with the old ones? They're still track cleats, and I kept those for when we would run relays. They call them heavy man relays. Why? Because it would be the fat throwers running. And was this a special like race? Yes. At, at meets? At special um, invites. They would have uh, Iron Man or Fat Man relays or Heavy Man relays. And how did you do in those? I ended up doing well because I wasn't as big as some of the others. Was it a 4 by 100 Exactly. And did you ever? Did your team ever win? Yes. Did you get anything for that? Yes, medals. You got Heavy Man relay medals? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. How many medals did you get? For the relays? Yeah. I don't know. Well, ballpark it. Probably three or four. Can you bring those in and show them to our listeners? I don't know about that. Well, we'll put them up on the website. That's rampingwithdave.podcast.murphy.dave.matt.chris. <laughs> HTTPS, your security is important to us. Do you have to take that last part in? Huh? I don't know what's no, so no, funny. that's like the motto. The uh, motto is I don't know what's so, so funny about our website, you guys. Yeah. 
So, and long of the short here, I was long I was kneeling down to short. tie my shoes, and I got hit in the back of the head with a javelin. And then how did you feel? Uh, I got knocked out. Unconscious? Yes. And do you think that was the first time you ever knock, knocked unconscious from a javelin? From javelin, yeah. From what? How many times before that had you been knocked unconscious by something else? I don't remember if it was before or after that. Makes sense. <laughs> Whether I got knocked unconscious or not. You how, think, how old were you at the time? Junior or sophomore. Okay. Uh, but you you think that may have been the first time you were ever knocked unconscious? I don't think it was the first time, but it might have been, yeah. If it wasn't the first time, when was the first time? Uh, track practice about a year before. What happened then? About a year before? <laughs> <Like> <laughs> it might have been the first time or something might have happened 12 months prior. So what was what was the other unconscious incident? Uh, we were practicing in the hallways because the weather was not cooperating. And when I say You practice, were throwing the javelin <laughs> in the hall? When I say practicing... We had a medicine ball that we had used for different drills, and this one drill, even though I don't think there was any real value to this, you would sit well, in that's a... Well, you're not the coach, Murph. <laughs> we were sitting in a large circle, all the throwers, and you would throw the medicine jab ball throwers. back and forth while sitting Wait, on the... Wait, jab throwers only? No. What other throwers? Discus and um, shot put. Shot put. Were there any short nicknames for discus or shot put throwers? Disc. Disc shot. thrower and shot thrower. Yes. Now, that does save on one syllable per nickname, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. Not, math, not your strong suit. No. Disc okay. throwing would be another episode on this show. Yes. Folks, nice tease by Dave on Ramping with Dave. Look forward to disc-related stories <laughs> and disc and ramp stories here on Ramping with Dave. Is that your feet or mine? <laughs> well, whose shoes are they? That's a good way to determine whose feet. Do you recognize the shoes? Have you ever tied those shoes before? The smell or the... like. <laughs> The feeling. The smell. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably my shoes, honestly. I mean, as soon as I got these shoes, they immediately started stinking it up. What do they smell uh, like? They stink like, uh, I don't know, a mix of mildew and mold and uh, What's the uh, probably dried mil- sweat. Wet socks. <laughs> like wet socks. Some, some plastic, maybe pleather smell. Even though the outside of the shoe is real leather, I think the inside smells more like pleather. Yeah, you find the smell to be unpleasurable. <laughs> yeah, right. Couple follow-ups. What's the difference between mildew and mold? Uh, mildew is mold is more of a mild don't. Mold is uh, well, mildew is what happens when you uh, you throw your clothes in the washing machine, you let it run its cycle, and then you forget to take it out uh, for about twenty-four hours or more <laughs> and don't dry them. Does that happen them, a lot? Sh- let them, Murph, uh, let, let the man speak. It's his them, podcast. Let them fester and. Uh, you know, the general ambient mold spores or mildew spores in the air are going to start to germinate on your clothes, and then they give you that real uh, stinky, dank smell. Uh, I, I don't know if mildew is necessarily visible, but if it is, it's uh, visible as a uh, less noticeable mold, whereas mold, on the other hand, is something that can sort of tend to grow colonies of its own uh, on food and on top of uh, uh, an old uh, loaf of bread, perhaps, that starts to look like it, it's growing in volume and size, where mildew is more of an appearance, but mold is more of an actual thing, uh, which sometimes can be quite uh, tasteful uh, or delicious, <laughs> as uh, what I had in my lunch today. Like cheese. Cor- uh, chunks of uh, gorgonzola cheese, exactly. Matt. Well, so to summarize, mildew, exclusively laundry-related, <laughs> mold, a thing, delicious, classy. Sometimes. Sometimes right. delicious. Uh, Wait, no, no, no. we got to get back to Murphy, because time is fleeting. Uh, so, Matt, please don't interrupt again. Murphy, you need to lean forward, son. Uh, now, so you're thinking about how you're going to try to catch a medicine ball while having indoor rain-related track practice with the other heavy meats or whatever they were called. So what's going on? 
So you just throw the ball to somebody across the circle from you. It's supposed to obviously work out your arms so you can catch the ball. Obviously. And your abs as well because you're not supposed to be leaning against anything. But the further we went on, of course, we're stupid high school kids. You would throw it as hard as you possibly could at the other person to try to injure them or see how they would fall. Because high schoolers think, wait, I thought you were sitting. You were. Fall and, backwards. Oh, I see. So and, what happened to you? And Billy, I mean, Murphy, uh, not all high schoolers are stupid. Would you agree with that? You're not, you're not generalizing. Uh, that every high school student is a stupid idiot, are you? No. High school fans of Rampin' with Dave, don't take offense. We value your listenership, your input, and your money. So please keep listening. Murphy's thoughts do not necessarily reflect the thoughts of Rampin' with Dave, of Dave, or the staff of Rampin' with Dave. So how is it you were trying to get hurt by the medicine ball? wasn't trying to get hurt. Well, what happened? Um, somebody threw the medicine ball to me, uh-huh. and I attempted to catch it, uh-huh. and I did not have the strength or the ability, and the ball hit me in the head, and then my head <laughs> my head flew back and cracked against the wall behind me. And, the, and I assume it was like a cinder block school wall? Yes. And what happened then? I blacked out. Do you know how long you were out? No. Well, can you, can you medicine ballpark it? Nah, it wasn't long. There wasn't any medicine in this ball, was there? No. It was more of a holistic ball? Yes. Okay. Or like OD, what is it called? D.O., Doctor of Orthodontics? Did it hit you in the teeth? No, I don't think the ball actually hit because my hands were there. I think my I absorbed most of the hit, but in doing so, my body, like my a, head Like a pain back. sponge, uh-huh. And then when you came to, were you like lying down on the floor? Yeah. And what were the other teammates saying? Oh, Before shit. Yeah. Was it a man who threw it or a female? A man. All right. You know who it was? Yes. Well, don't say his last name, but what was his first name? I believe it was Tony. Do you still know Tony? No. Bad blood. What's his last name? Just in case Dave knows him. <laughs> I think it was no, Beasley. Tony Beasley. It, it just adds more credibility say, and believability to the story. It adds legitimacy to the story. Refer to somebody uh, uh, from high school or days past and also include their last name so we know you're not just pulling a name out of the hat. Yeah. Making up a story. That's a good point. So now, uh, as as all of our friends in podcast land know, Dave, it's time for you to rule on this episode's edition of Cro-Mag or Murphy. Based on what you've heard, do you think that was more of a Cro-Mag or Murphy? Uh, well, he didn't immediately remember the last name of Tony, or so he says, from high school. Um... I think he was probably incorrect with the name that he gave us a Beasley, I think. Uh, you know we're talking about the whole story, not just <laughs> not just the name. Yeah, I know. That's just one factor out of many. I'm going to recite the most important, of which that is uh, very important. Tony, ne- necessarily, is at the top of the list, except for alphabetically. Yeah. Um, and now, the fact that he uh, had uh, um, uh, been hit... With a, uh, there was just missing too many details from the story. Um, well, that seems like that is in favor of it being Murphy. Uh, I'm trying to get inside your thought process here. It it is worrisome. The your fact thought that process. a lot of details are missing. Yeah. Um, well, doesn't that isn't that consistent with someone with a head injury or a brain trauma? Uh, but a Cro-Magnon uh, it could be considered to be um, also having just a permanent brain injury by our standards because of how dumb they are. Uh, and a dumb person would... Uh, I feel like a Cro-Magnon, if you were going to have somebody in some kind of load-bearing foot race, like I'd put my money on the Cro-Mag for sure. Yeah, well, 
I'm going to go with the fact that it is a uh, Billy, I mean, Murphy story, uh, because um, it sounded like a, it had had roots in a, an actual event that had occurred, uh, but was sort of embellished and uh, altered uh, in a way that only a human and not a Cro-Magnon would know how to do. So to uh, Billy, I mean, Murphy's credit, uh, I will go with the fact that it is a... Uh, uh, Murphy or Billy uh, originated story. So final final answer, the final ruling from Dave, the chief judge on ramping with Dave, is that the it's definitely my feet. Is that the <laughs> javelin story is Murphy, uh, and Murphy decided to weigh in in the middle of this <laughs> because he is inconsiderate, possibly as a result of repeated blunt force trauma to his uh, noggin. Uh, and he has determined festering as, shoes. It could, who knows? It could be mold versus mildew at issue. Yeah. But Murphy also wanted to enter a final ruling here uh, on Dave versus Murphy's shoe. And the final ruling is: make sure I get this right. Murphy's shoe is that it's correct? Actually, the socks. I think. No, Mur- your socks are probably clean. Your shoes are definitely not washed as often as your socks Dude, are. Dude, these are brand new shoes. I've only worn them like well, three times. It doesn't times. matter. It's not the socks that stink. Tell me a time that nah, you've taken your bullshit. socks. Bullshit. Tell me a time you've put your socks through the proper wash with hot water and soap and then the dryer with a dryer sheet, and they came out still stinking like your feet. Do you remember that time we were talking about shirts when you're ironing your shirts and then you're ironing your armpits and it stinks? It's like that. Wait, like, when you're ironing your armpits? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could you yeah. tell us more about no, that? This is Dave. injuries that may have occurred uh, as no, a result? This was Dave. Go ahead, Dave. Well, this is my idea um, because I observed it first out of anybody. Uh, I, I when agreed. You, when you wear a dress shirt over and over again, obviously some uh, armpit secretions are going to get stuck and embedded in the fabric of your shirt but you would figure that because you um, you wash your shirts or you send them to the dry cleaner uh, you wash them with soap and in hot water and then put them through a dryer with a dryer sheet that by the time they're been through all that process uh, that they will have any stench removed from them at that point false uh, when you go to dry clean your your dress shirts uh, everything's fine and dandy until you hit that armpit spot and then for some reason that steam activates uh, and rejuvenates and makes alive all of those uh, uh, odors that are growing off of them bacteria that have somehow found their way into your armpit secretions on your shirt and stayed there and refused to leave through a hot and soapy wash cycle. Uh, it, it's it's mind-blowing how you can reactivate your own armpit stench weeks, maybe even months later, depending on how many times you've worn that shirt without washing it. I uh, often have considered things that are mind-blowing like the vastness of the universe and, the power uh, of the Lord Almighty. Yeah, and then also one of the things I consider is armpit secretions. It, yeah, now, it's, it's sort of similar how after you drink a bunch of coffee and then you pee, your pee smells like coffee. You can smell it from nah, the he's right. Below. He's right. And I saw, and Murph, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that this does not go unnoticed by the listeners. You were leaning back and vigorously nodding <laughs> during Dave's long pseudoscience-related <laughs> speculation about armpit reactivation. Can you can you weigh in on that? Yeah, next time anybody that wears a dress shirt after you wash it at home and you go... A dress shirt? <laughs> now, yes. now with armpit retsin. Yes. For less funk yes. from reactivation. Yes. Certainly you can add some more. If you wash your shirt and then you have to iron it, pay attention when you iron the armpits. You can clearly <laughs> smell the B.O. <laughs> It'll Just give you a little bit of ironing. Uh, if you wear the same yes. type of deodorant over and over again, you get a little bit of that too. I tend to yeah, wear Axe, yeah. Axe Dark Dark Temptation That's dry, oh, dry Rub. I think that might be racist. <laughs> dry Rub? Yes. Dark Temptation Dry Rub? Right. 
Is that also good to put on? Matt, come on! You know how this works. The microphone is over here. <laughs> There's no chair over here. Is the put them on a uh, St. Louis rack of ribs? Yeah, right. Yeah, you could, I guess. Yeah, and it wouldn't activate the rib sweat. <laughs> yeah, well, which you probably want. You actually. also notice, like, when you iron it, it's, it's discolored as well. Uh-huh. Not just white shirts, but especially white shirts. Well, yeah. listen, as everyone who has come to know and love the Ramping with Dave podcast knows, we are a colorblind podcast. So let's not focus on the color of the shirts as much as their character. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, the Dark Temptation Axe uh, Axe Dark dr- uh, Dark Temptation Dry Rub is white, and it makes your armpits white as well. This is a perfect time for me to cut in with our newest sponsor, Axe <laughs> Temptation Dry Rub Black Spot or whatever. Dark it's Temptation. Called. Dark Temptation by Axe the Dry Rub. If you want to rub it dry, <laughs> get Axe Dark Temptation. I've gone three or four days prior uh, without showering wearing Axe Dry <laughs> And uh, it does keep me smelling okay. When's the last doubt time? It. I doubt it. I doubt it. Dave, Dave was just, Dave, this is a ramps podcast. This is not an opportunity for you to try to score chicks by bragging about how long you can make people around you suffer between deodorant. And by the way, let's just make sure something is clear. Most weekends, two days. Occasional long weekends, Three days. So was it a Monday, a Friday, or a Tuesday that you showed up and were like, I'm still good. I'm going to let this one ride. I think it was probably one of those times where I came down with a bad sickness and it was on the coattails of a weekend. Probably. So I went yeah, down probably. And, uh, I, I don't think that I would come to work without showering that morning unless it was an emergency, which I have Or you were before. really hungover. Um, no, I would always shower because it makes you feel better if you're hungover. Uh, but if there was an issue of me getting to court on time or not, I would probably first call Matt uh, to see if we'd cover it. And if he couldn't, at that point, I would get coverage. Welcome. Hey, Matt, would you go get Joven for his uh, se- segment? Welcome to the Rampin' with Dave podcast with Dave. Also present, me, Chris, and Murph. And now, we're only going by one name for anonymity. The Arab. Let's welcome Berger. Berger, welcome to the Rampin' with Dave podcast. We have not yet gotten to the ramp-related segment of the podcast. Uh, we will. We want to make sure our listeners know we will be talking about ramps soon. Uh, but we have not yet gotten there, so please don't waste your ramp ammo uh, at this port portion of the podcast. Uh, but we do want to welcome you here so that we can get to the Joven portion of the podcast. Joven, Joven now joins us. Joven is here to spit Nas one mic. Joven, here we go. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one person. Louder, Joven. Joven, it's a podcast. We can't see you lip sync. You have to do it out loud. Go ahead. Joven, this is your chance. Joven, this is Ramping with Dave. Sounds like a sample from the Genesis or a Phil Louder song. Louder. All right. Joven, thanks for dropping by. Joven has now left the podcast. He has done a poor job. Uh, ultimately, the Dave Burger out. Burger has also left the podcast. Hey, thanks for joining. Uh, 
Dave, it's now time for you to make a decision on the freestyle with Joven section of the Rampin' with Dave podcast. You are the judge of all things Rampin' with Dave. Oh, shit. Not, it's 5'11". Not just related to the excellence of the ramps, uh, not only in construction, but of ramp as a verb in terms of whether you ramped off something and thought it was excellent or not. But you're the, the judge of the freestyling with Joven uh, segment uh, of the podcast. Now, you just heard the freestyling with Joven segment of the podcast where Joven, in fact, not only didn't freestyle, he didn't even uh, recite the lyrics to One Mic by Nas as it was playing in the background in near certain violation of copyright, trademark, uh, or potentially patent, certainly some sort of intellectual property infringement. How would you rate on a scale of One Mic to 10 Mics Joven's interpretation of one mic. Oh well, you know I got to give it a one mic out of ten. He came in here completely unprepared, as if he had never uh, had any idea that he was going to be appearing on this podcast, which is unacceptable for any kind of guest on this show, especially. Um, I got to chime in. I felt very disappointed. I felt like this was somebody who had uh, led us to believe that his performance was going to be something to look forward to, and I felt like it really fell flat in as much as there was no performance whatsoever. There was no attempt. There was no performance. Uh, he acted like he didn't know why he was here, um, and it was it was very disappointing overall. I, I can't even give him really even one microphone because there was no performance whatsoever uh, to even rate. He showed up and asked a couple questions and said nothing and then left. I, I feel like, honestly... The fact that you gave him one mic on his performance of one mic, by the way, using one mic or not using one mic, uh, was in fact a, uh, an unnecessary exaggeration of his prowess. I felt like it was piss poor. I felt like he was an embarrassing slob and a mugshot, and his mutton chop should be revoked, and he should feel sorry and sad and upset. Yeah, though short and somewhat juvenile looking, he does grow a sick beard, though. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it on the weekend, but it does come out pretty thick. Well, we're going to have to, unfortunately, we've run out of time on this, the very first, the inaugural Rampin' with Dave podcast. I want to thank uh, all the guests who've been with us, Murph, Berger, Matt, as well as Joven, uh, last and least Joven. And, of course, I want to thank the judge of the Rampin' with Dave podcast, the namesake of the Rampin' with Dave podcast, Dave. Dave, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity. It was my pleasure. And until the next time we have Rampin' with Dave, this is Chris for Rampin' with Dave. Uh, and then what was the name of that KRS-One song? MCs act like they don't know. Cut your hands, everybody. If you got what it takes It's rapping with Dave set up on the mic and premieres on the breaks My favorite long right here, Chris. If you don't know me by now, I doubt you'll ever know me. I never want a Grammy. 